family, family, (laughs) I'm engaged. Your girl got proposed to. Somebody was like, will you marry me? And I was like, of course. (laughs) Somebody phenomenal though. Okay, don't play games with me. Listen, a lot has happened over the last couple of days. All good things. And therefore, this episode is coming to you very, very, very late. I know what I said. I know that I said it was going to be posted on 12-12. I know. I made the poster. But life happens. And when it happens as beautiful and magical as it's been happening for me over the last couple of days, you let that shit coast. Okay? Unapologetically. Family came in from my side. In-laws came in from babe's side. The support was crazy. I just there are few words and I'm a talker and I have few words. If you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. Did you see the ring she put on it? <laughs> we won't he do it. She, he, they, them, there. Won't they do it? <laughs> okay. Let me set the tone. I am sipping on some tea from my favorite poet on Instagram. She now has a tea line, has had a tea line for a while now. Your Tea Crush, the handle for her tea page is at your tea crush and she can be found on Instagram. I am sipping on the lemon loose leaf blend. And when I tell you that when I opened up this package, this tea was so fragrant that I just wanted to taste it. Might've not have been a good idea. Definitely did want to taste it though. Didn't. Excited though, because I got some other blends and I'm excited to see how that goes. And I also got the lemon um, loose leaf blend for a coworker because we're doing that whole Secret Santa thing that everybody in corporate America is likely doing right now. So if you are looking for a gift, to give to a friend, a family member, a loved one who is a fan of tea, loose leaf tea specifically, go ahead and try at your tea crush and get your life. Because I got mine and when I tell you it is soothing, it's refreshing, it's smooth, but it is very potent in flavor and I'm really feeling that because sometimes people miss the flavor mark with tea. They be getting all the nutrients and all of that stuff down packed, but it be bitter. And this is not bitter at all, so I'm super excited for that. Um, Besides that, I'm super excited for who I am bringing you all today. Quiet Kid, a super dope poet from Pluto, I mean, no, Ohio, (laughs) who I've been connected with on Instagram for quite some time, and I'm excited for his company always. Um, I wanted to meet him in person, hadn't had the opportunity yet. Earlier this year in Dallas, Texas, there was an event called Poetcella. It was phenomenal, it was black as fuck, and it was magical. I assumed he would be there just because how great of a poet he is, but schedules be scheduling. And unfortunately he wasn't there. However, he is always live on Instagram doing an open mic for somebody somewhere. And so I'm always catching his lives, supporting him, rooting for him. He's a college student. So you got to uplift 
You know what I'm saying? Our youth, um, especially when they bust in their ass and at the same time chasing their dreams or to, better yet, in his case, their purpose. So I'm super excited that the first interview on the podcast got to be with somebody that I truly enjoy, that I truly support, and that I definitely want the rest of you all to get a feel for and begin the process of supporting too. We have to uplift black poets. It'd be hard out here in these streets, okay? People be forgetting that these be these people's full-time jobs and that they need to be compensated. Can we please talk about compensation? Can we please compensate our poets? It takes a lot of energy to get on a stage and pour out your soul and then have to go to the back of the event and do vending while taking pictures with your fans, etc., etc. Can we pay them for the words that they put on paper, that they take the time to rehearse for weeks before they hit a stage and give you this perfected performance? Can we pay our black poets? Reciting poetry is an energy exchange. And so in exchange, poets need energy in the form of uh, currency, specifically speaking. Okay, so let's make sure we're paying our black poets. <laughs> With that being said, I want to go ahead and invite you to make sure that you follow Quiet Kid on Instagram. I want you to definitely read his poetry because he doesn't post a lot of videos. He posts a lot of his poetry written. So you're going to have to take the time and read. That ain't never hurt nobody. Reading is fundamental. Okay, so let's make sure that we get into this um, literature that he's posting for us all. You can find him on Instagram at quietkid underscore two zero. I'm not going to hold y'all any longer. Baby's on the couch waiting for me to stop running my mouth and go give her some of these good frequencies. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful week. Enjoy this episode. I do not know if another one will be coming on Sunday. I'm not going to promise anything. We're going to bask in the energy that is us. It's well-deserved. Quiet kid, poet, wordsmith, forced to be reckoned with. How are you doing? <laughs> I am feeling very, very tranquil. Um, very, very relaxed. Um, at peace with life currently how are you feeling today I love that I love tranquil that's a good word a bit of fangirl mode I'm hype <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited and you know what I'm I'm in I'm in a state of gratitude I'm grateful I am thank grateful. you so much I'm also grateful for this because you're amazing <laughs> as well thank, thank you. you have you ever done a podcast interview before have you been interviewed before uh, when it comes to who you are as a poet um no um I've I've featured and then like been asked questions after you know saying the poem when the feature was done like in terms of like doing a podcast never done it um never it never has happened before so like okay, no one so ever just has sat with me and, like asked me questions it doesn't happen this well first. big ups to me <laughs> got right? it first y'all I got it first y'all <laughs> sleep remind me again where are you from Oh, I'm from Pluto, but I was born in Cleveland, Ohio, fortunately, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> fortunately. I've never been to Cleveland, Ohio. I've heard all great things. <laughs> really? You have? No. All about to say, they were lying to you. Don't listen to them. I don't recommend ever coming here, ever. I want to leave. I'm, I'm trying to leave. <laughs> where, where are you hoping to go? What's on the list? 
um, top of my list right now is Dallas. Dallas. Um, because I feel like Dallas has an extremely huge poetry scene. Mm-hmm. And because of the connections that I have, I feel like I could go out there and and, and not just make a lot of money, but like make a, a, a really stable living doing what I want to do, which Absolutely. is poetry. Absolutely. So yeah. Dallas does have a crazy poetry scene. Like I said, I went out there for Poetcella. Poetcella I think yeah. Poetcella 2022 is going to be out there too. So that might be a link up. Yes. You see my fingers? Y'all can't see my fingers, but he can see my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to link up like this. But um, yes. so, and it was crazy. Like I was surprised by all of the different artists there. I was surprised by all of the support from the community for the artists yeah. there, especially because the, we, the event that we were at wasn't black only, but we were there and we were right. thick and we were showing out. So it was super exciting. And and you can't beat the cost of living in Dallas. I'm in San Diego. <laughs> yeah. It's rough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's rough. Okay, so is there yeah. a backstory on um your pseudonym on Quiet Kid? Where did the name come from? Um in kindergarten. I did not have that many friends. Um, and I had this one friend, her name was Kiana. And she never really spoke to anybody, but she loved to talk to me for some reason. Um, I don't know why, because I was already rowdy kid. She was really, really quiet. Mm-hmm. And so I called her quiet kid. Um, we were close to a point where like our, our parents or friends, because we were friends, um, it was like kindergarten. Um, he was like my best friend in kindergarten. And uh, at a point in time, toward the end of my kindergarten year, she got a brain tumor and then she died. Oh. So I gave myself the name Quiet Kid in remembrance of her. And people hear the name Quiet Kid from me and they think, you know, because, you know, I'm an introvert and, you know, that is what it means like I did that goes along with it but like that's not why that's what I call myself I call myself a quiet kid because that's who she was um that's why she she lives through me today right so the name is a living breathing poem that's poetic yeah that Thank is you. poetic yeah. and that is absolutely beautiful I was curious because like I said I've watched you several time on times performing on um lives and I was like it ain't nothing quiet about this pen it ain't nothing quiet about this poetry it ain't nothing quiet about this performance <laughs> so where did this come from but I think that that's absolutely beautiful and I heavily support it you've been tapped in like emotionally at a very young age um when it comes to being intentional in your connections, it sounds like, to be that yes. young and keep that with you. Do you yes. mind telling us how old you are right now? I'm 20. Burr, burr, I'm 20. Burr, burr. A 20-year-old yeah. beast out here, y'all. <laughs> A beast. Yeah. Just wait. You know, y'all like, just wait. It's, really, it's really interesting because like, I didn't begin poetry till I was in fourth grade, mm-hmm. but I've been, I've been a quiet kid since kindergarten. Um, so like, I, I was it just naturally went into being a stage name before that it was like it's just what I kept calling myself all the time because perfect. Of her. wow perfect yeah. perfect setup too because I was gonna say how long have you been doing poetry and you said you've been doing poetry since the fourth, fourth grade. grade yeah I started yeah. late then I was, I was about, 
15 shaking like I'm roses are red <laughs> baby I like you oh uh, it was bad <laughs> that is hilarious it's it never bad. too late though it's never too late I'm it's here now I'm here now do you remember your first poem and do you use it to gauge how far you've come um I don't remember I, I know my, my first poem that I ever wrote was a diss poem. Um, I don't remember the exact wording that I used, mm-hmm. but I do remember the concepts. Um, it was because I walked into class one day and didn't mm-hmm. have a pencil. And my teacher, I'm going to say her name because I'll never forget this teacher. Her name was Miss Shepka. Her name, I was, I was her, name, her, name, her name was Miss Shepka. And I asked my classmate for a pencil. And as I was going to receive the pencil, the teacher got upset and was like, no, no one give him a pencil. He's come to class prepared. I was like, that's stupid if I don't have it and they want to give it and I want to receive it, then you should not influence them to do otherwise. Let them make their own decisions. Right. Why <laughs> do you want to see me struggle? Exactly. And we argued for like 15 minutes during the class time which made her even more and more upset at me because I kept, you know, refuting her. And then she told me to like, find a new way to get a point across. We started arguing with her. It's not how I'm supposed to do it. I said, I bet. Sat down or a poem about it. And the next day I went to class. Oh, yeah, I'll show out this poem real quick before class started. And did a poem for the class. They all laughed, but she was salty. And that right. was the goal to make her salty. So the poem was complete. <laughs> and like, from there on, I just kept writing poems. Oh. Period. Thank you to her <laughs> and right. her pettiness that we've got a great now. We've got a future great now. I, I just will never understand educators who can't get beyond their ego and to allow, you know, a student to have a moment where they've made a mistake and then just let it go. But instead, they like to do this thing where they try to embarrass you. Like if children don't have the ability to, to bite back. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I just I'm coming like for this. you now. <laughs> so inconvenience led to a whole career in poetry (laughs) in your face (laughs) (laughs) i love that okay so i do some poetry presently i'm working on a children's book i'm super excited about it i every time i say it i want to start telling all the details the characters (laughs) But I got to keep it on the low. I got to keep it on the low. You know what? You're going to get it in the DMs. All right. Okay. Yeah, you're going to get it in the DMs. But my audience, I can't yet, but I'm so excited. So outside of poetry, is your writing growing anywhere else? Are you thinking about books? Or I definitely saw you hitting some stages. Is it performance that's got your heart? Where do you see your poetry taking shape? Well, aside from directly writing poetry, I also um, write like short stories, but even those come out in a very poetic form. So I guess you could say to the definition, I only write poetry. (laughs) Uh, But in terms of like what I want to do with poetry, I just want to normalize it. Like I, I want people to like listen to it in their cars, like music daily. 
I want to get it to a point where it's like not normalized like trendy, but normalized like like classic. Trendy is like a TikTok dance. Mm-hmm. Classy is like Friday. Mm-hmm. We all love Friday. The movie Friday. We all love mm-hmm. Friday. That yeah. like that. That's classic. I want to get poetry like that. Um, so you want it to be a constant, like. This is forever. And I love that because that's already what poetry is for me. It's definitely in my car, on my phone. I think yeah. Sheila Marie, Ace Hood's wife, dropped. Um, uh, no, it wasn't poetry. It was it was a meditation. It's Londrell who's got the poetry in his music, right? There's an artist mm-hmm. named Londrell who's got the poetry inside of his, uh, his music. And I think Wale is another easy one you can name off the top of his yeah. head, your head who's putting it in music. So like you can download this and take this with you but I think that that's an absolutely beautiful you know concept and idea and thing to want to do because poetry is slept on it really is like all I listen to is poetry and like I don't I don't I try not to like study poets too heavily but like in my free time I don't listen to a lot of music I do but it's it's more so listening to, to poetry albums um, mm-hmm. Just because poetry is so put on the back burner, and I hate it because it's my entire life. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's like you're gonna know poetry if you know me. You can't mm-hmm. know me and not know poetry. My friends hate it, but that's the way it is. That's how I exist. So mm-hmm. I, I really want to normalize poetry. Um, I love so, yeah. that. I I think poetry gets mistreated. Like uh, if we're thinking about sports, like running track, like people are like ah, you run track, you run track. I'm like. Yes, I ran track. And just to let y'all know, all y'all have to do my sport to be great in your sport. So poetry (laughs) is everywhere. Like if you're a rapper, if you're a singer, like anything, that rhythm is there. So it just needs to be appreciated far more than what it's been. Right. (laughs) I'm gonna have to agree with that. That was a fact. (laughs) So you said that like poetry is your day-to-day. It's what you do. It's how it's your um, mental diet, who would you name as three top great, your favorites and why? How have they inspired you? Um, okay, so this list might come off very, very unorthodox okay. at first. Because I'm going to list off, I'm going to put everybody in one category. Um, everybody who uh, has disliked me or does dislike me heavily inspires me because they give me reasons to talk shit in my poems. Um, other than that, period. <laughs> other than that, um, my mentor, uh, his name is uh, Kenneth. Um, he's a he's an amazing poet, and he's he's always in my ear just about. Uh, making sure that I'm pushing my pen in different ways. So like most times when I write poems, I send them to my mentor just to irritate him because like he te- like he hates when I write toxic poems. So I'll write a toxic poem, make it very well written just so we can love how I wrote it, but hate that I wrote it. <laughs> and so like- Because of so the then, topic. Yeah. <laughs> and like in doing that, you know, I'm still pushing my pen so we can never be too mad at me for doing it. But mm-hmm. um yeah, he he heavily inspires me, not just in poetry, but like just in life altogether. And um, one of my other mentors, uh, his his name is Prentice Prentice Powell. 
he's always in my ear about pushing the craft and make sure that we eat and make sure that we evolve it to to new levels and stuff he's a constant reminder of that and so because of him I make sure that I am being extremely authentic and I make sure that I'm I'm taking the the right steps toward not just evolving myself but evolving the culture poetry all together and ultimately like it's not for the culture if it's a, if it's a selfish thing you know it's not necessarily bad to be selfish with your energy but it is bad to only want to do things um with the intention of of feeding yourself when you can feed others in the process i know how uh, poetic i said we he poetic did y'all hear him <laughs> <laughs> hold on man run that back say that last part one more time please okay <laughs> um, what, what were the exact words that you um uh, it's uh it's not it's not bad to be selfish with your energy but it is bad to to do something with the sole purpose of feeding yourself when you can feed others with what you're doing and that's um, a mantra <laughs> <laughs> that's a indeed. mantra yes indeed yes. i love that okay so you have a solid support system and obviously yeah. there's a lot of gratitude there and that's that's a part of the reason why you're likely just buzzing the way you are that gratitude I really truly believe that the universe pours into those that it sees existing and thanks for the present moment so you're like yeah. all right this is where I'm at right now I'm I'm a I'm a go further but I'm gonna be a beast right here in this liminal space I'm gonna be present and I think yeah. that that's why so many doors are just going they slanging them things open like who <laughs> quiet kid okay <laughs> put him on the roster. <laughs> roster and i'm always open to receiving at all times every day it's never a day when I'm, when I'm slipping i'm always ready prepared when it's poetry when it's poetry i don't really take uh, i take breaks but on my breaks i'm writing memorizing poems um because like i don't i don't just sit and do nothing like ever I'm reading a poem right now in my, my Google Docs. I'm just, I'm saying this to you. <laughs> like poetry is literally, it's literally all that I want to do. I it's love like, that. You said you do oh. rising poems? Um, No, I, I did. I, did I say that? Rising oh, poems? I might have no, misheard oh. you, but it sounded like you said you do rising poems. Oh, no, I said um, I'm in my Google Docs right now. Um revising some poems as oh, i'm saying <laughs> yeah <You're> working <laughs> that is hilarious so do you ever experience writer's block no what i i i i used to back when it like back when it existed in in my universe but as of today i don't really get i don't really get those those walls or those those blocks anymore it's like it's not like a blockade. It's like there are times when I'm writing a poem and I might pause to do something else really quickly and then come back to the poem. It's like playing a video game and then you get hungry. So you pause the game, go eat, watch a movie, then come back to the game when you're done watching a movie and eating mm -hmm. and you continue the game. To me, it's like that with poetry. Like I'm writing a poem I might have to get up and go do something that might halt the poem. So I'll halt the poem yeah. and come back when I'm done doing what it is that I have to do 
Yeah. I don't ever get writer's block though. That that never happens when I want it to be done. I don't ever get to a point where it's like I'm stumped. So it's like I'm mm-hmm. I don't know what to write next. I always know. <laughs> or if I don't, int- I write something down so I do know. Okay. Those intentional breaks are much needed so that sometimes we could just come back and look at the poem that we're working on and close it out. Yeah. Because sometimes when I'm writing, oh, I carry. Okay. I'm like, <laughs> I'm mixing seven sub. I'm like, I need to stop. Cut it out. This poem's done. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely have to get up, walk away color or something and then come back to this right. so I close this out or reshape these sentences or you know find my rhythm in it put that voice on it um but never having writer's block I wish okay because <laughs> I have these moments where poetry is just it just pours out of me non-stop and I have to have something by me to get it down but then I have these moments where um there's just nothing there and I think that's often when I'm just off my pivot like I myself am not balanced so you know nothing's coming out creatively but when you did experience writer's block is that what you would do would you find a prompt would you prompt yourself so that you can come up out of it um with me whenever I used to go through that kind of blockade uh I would make sure that I'm at a grounded place because whenever I would go through the process, you know, of having writer's block, I would sit with myself and I would realize that I'm not grounded within the poem, like at all. Uh, I would be kind of spiraling and it would reflect in the writing of the poem. So I would then stop, embrace this blockade, sit with the blockade. I might talk to the blockade as if it were a person give it a personality and so I would sit with it and we would come to a common ground to a point where now I can get through this blockade because now I'm on the same side of the argument um and that's how I am with every emotion that I feel um, that overwhelms me um, yeah. I sit yeah. with my emotions for a very long time I talk to them write poems to them as if they were people and we come to a conclusion and I make them I make it so we're on the same side of the argument. And in doing that, <laughs> the issue no longer exists because now we're arguing the exact same point, mm-hmm. um, like a compromise. So whenever I have Roger Black in the past, that's what I would do. And now I just do that with everything. Ah, that sounds like a movement. Like, okay, let's sit with this and see why this is what it is. And maybe yeah. it can be useful. Yes. Like a lot yeah. of times people, when they when they find themselves in a very very dark place they immediately get afraid of it and want to get out of that dark place and like with me right I just sit with whatever place that I'm currently in and I talk to the place um I think like if we if we really personified those places and gave those places a life and Mm -hmm. a personality those places typically exist because they want to be noticed there's information there yeah, there's a reason why they're there and you won't know unless you talk to them. Right. And so I talk to them. It might sound crazy to the average listener, but I talk 
to emotions. <laughs> I'm full on with you. And it took me until I was in my like late 20s to grasp that. So I'm so impressed how you grasped, grasped that already. And because of that, like you're light years ahead of your own healing, right? Because avoiding our feelings, like uh, just like avoiding, you know, writer's block, you, you won't go anywhere. You won't get anywhere. You have to activate something right. in order for you to transmute that energy or that, that right. blockage. So for you to have that down pack right now, sheesh, okay. <laughs> it's Thank exciting you. to hear you talk that way. Thank you. <laughs> that kind of threw me off my pivot. What was my next question? <laughs> Let me sip some of this tea. <laughs> you good. We here. We, you good. We were about to start having a whole other conversation. Like, oh, okay. So you got some healing techniques. Kind <laughs> of like a healer to me. <laughs> <laughs> so as you know I follow you on Instagram that's how we yeah. met that's how we got connected yes um recently I saw that you were doing a little bit of traveling and a little bit of performing what yeah. was that experience like for you and how has it reshaped you um on stage so I set a bucket list for things to do like each month of the year this year. And then I got, got I got completely behind on everything. Um, up until October, I ended up like checking off multiple things at the exact same time, which kind of made up for the lost months that I was mm -hmm. not able to do things. And I was like, oh, wow, well, look at, you know, me making my own plan, but God having a different plan, the same plan but at a different timing than what my plan was. And it felt better because it was God's planning. But um, uh, I, I did an event in October. I went to Denver with a poetry collective called The Deadly Pens. I'm a part of the collective called The Deadly Pens. We had an event, it was huge, it was massive. Uh, the, the venues were like packed out. It was, it was a lot of energy, people, a lot of dope poets flew from like, as far as like Canada to come out to Denver. You know, so really an international event, people from all over came to see us. And it was my first time on a big stage. And so I was extremely nervous, but once I actually was hitting that stage, it was like an intoxication or not intoxication, it was like, it was like a, a, a it was like a feeling of 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 not being on earth in a Out way that yes like astral projection um, and in <laughs> in doing that you know you know everything has a backlash yeah. and the back and the, the backlash of that you know is that I came back to my my city and I did some local shows in my city I just wasn't enthused at all like with anything <laughs> I, I, I was just bored beyond like, this. I, <laughs> it was like I went to like slams went to a few open mics in my city did like got paid for a few events in my city and no matter what I did it's like nothing kind nothing really nothing really felt the same as going somewhere else and doing the exact same thing no, no nothing else in my city felt like how it felt in Denver nothing else mm -hmm. felt like nothing was that big to get me you know to, to astral project it wasn't that big so I had to go through that and when I went through that, I sat with the emotion 
and talked to it, processed it, and came to common ground. So I got out of that place. Um, and in learning how to do that, learning how to sit with that kind of emotion, mm-hmm. now I don't I don't feel myself ever having that same conflict ever again. You know, so that performing in Denver shaped me and reshaped me in that way, and like being in the presence of, of so many other um, talent, so much other dope artists, it, it, it reshaped me in that way. And I was doing events all over Ohio, not just in my city, but all over the state. Um, and those kind of gave me the same feeling, but when I wasn't getting that same kind of feeling as, as you know, being out of state, it wouldn't put me in a bad place anymore because I, I sat with the feeling already and processed it. And I've mastered it, you know, so now it doesn't affect me. So I'm mm-hmm. cool now. So like it's a constant evolution whenever it comes to performing um, and traveling. And I'm gonna be honest with you, all I want to do now is travel and perform and and get paid for it. It's all, all I'm right, doing. How, so can we talk about the compensation? Make sure we are paying mm-hmm. our black poets. I think mm-hmm. that um, that's another thing that it it why why it's necessary to make poetry um a mainstream thing again or something that's not just like passive entertainment because then we don't look at our artists as people who do this as a career and who have homes and who have families and who have bills that they need to take care of and we be expecting them to show up and do events and drop a poem here and there like this isn't an energy exchange (laughs) i'm gonna need some compensation right (laughs) Right, like I'm a broke college student. I need money. It's like, <laughs> and like for the most part, I, I've been like I've applied for scholarships, and most ones that I've applied for have been like writing scholarships that have paid off a lot. Um, so in a sense, I'm I'm kind of paying for college with poetry, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, which is wow. huge. Yeah, and, like, right now, yeah, like I'm I'm still in debt, but like a little bit like a little bit and it's like I can just I can pay that off but after after this basically yeah okay <laughs> so like, yeah like this that everything goes towards um investing first into what I in, into like things that are detrimental for my future um and investing into myself um yeah. which is why you know I absolutely agree with you when you say you know gotta pay the poets yeah the so slept on people never want to pay yeah um, and Cleveland people don't like paying me in Cleveland I don't know why but whenever I go somewhere else it's no they, problem they pay me. Yeah. yeah like why is it so hard where I come from to give me money but everywhere else I go they throw money at me I, was like, exactly. oh, <laughs> <laughs> I need a new I need a new environment back this shit up But you know what? The other side of that coin is that some poets are afraid to discuss being compensated. So we have to normalize setting the bar high for ourselves. Like, uh, no, this is my work because people we've allowed um, ourselves to internalize that it isn't work. 
And so we'd be like, uh, you know, I don't, whatever you got, no, 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 no. I got, here's my contract. These are my numbers and this <laughs> right. is what I need. You got it or I'm on to the next thing. So right. it's uh, per, um, performative poets, the ones that hit the stage and do slam and so on and so forth. They don't, you know, often hit people with that fee because we feel like the fee lives in being an author. I have to have a book if I want to get paid to be a poet. <laughs> We not all Jasmine Mans. <laughs> <laughs> I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. <laughs> I need my money now <laughs> at, this, at this open mic, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, like now, I'm 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 beginning to to sell hoodies. I'm selling hoodies now. But okay, got some uh, merch. Yes, I do. In fact, I should really show you. I'm gonna send you a picture after this. So in fact, it's on my Instagram picture. Me and my own. I think I saw it. Yeah. Um, Where can we find? Where can we find your merch? Um. So since I'm like just getting it off the ground levels, as of right now, like I haven't made my website yet. That's like Mm -hmm. next step. Um. And like as of now, I've been pushing hoodies out. Like people directly come to me and they tell me like what personalized they want hoodies. like I personalize each hoodie for the one buying the mm-hmm. hoodie and like once they you know you know they they pick a quote from any of my poem that they like and um you know I put that quote on their hoodie mm-hmm. like no one else has that hoodie unless someone mm-hmm. else that same you quote see how I perked up you see the excitement because you yeah. know I got some quotables from you and you know I'm getting a hoodie and we definitely slanging that thing on my Instagram so that they can find you and go ahead and get it. Listen, thank you so you don't, much. Yeah, you don't yeah. have to always be completely polished. You just got to start. Yes, right. Like you have and to begin somewhere, and for I like a year, it. for like a year, it was like I didn't. Okay, where do I start at? You were like, yeah, put out a book. You just I do I do sign the third and I was like you know I'm gonna do this but this is all a step by step process you know so I can't just like rush into it and put out a book um because then with the book it's just ass what if it just sucks um but like <laughs> you know that could be like me overthinking but like in doing that I'm purposely moving in a very meticulous manner um, For to sure. make sure everything that I do is is unique and how I do it I don't see anybody else putting out personalized hoodies for each buyer but I'm doing that now I am no Um, I say all that to say though it's like you know at a point in time I wasn't doing that you know so like people would ask me to perform and you're like you know like we'll we'll have you you know perform and we won't pay you but like we'll have you like vend and like I can't vend I don't have anything to vend yet um and like even like if I did you know I still want to get paid to perform this poem though period um, yeah and so it's like you you ask for me so you can have me in front of this audience to perform for this audience not to go in the back of the room with a table with some books and some shirts exactly you, know, you, pay me, you're, you want me here to perform so you should pay me to perform, to perform. You know, that's how I've always yeah. been and like now you know I can I can vent I want to but I still want to get paid to perform though right because oftentimes when 
I see artists doing that vending thing. I think it's dope, but I also think like that's extra work outside of the emotional work that I just left on this stage. Right. <laughs> I just left <laughs> emotions on this stage right. Right. that I have to snap out of before I can even get into the mentality of like pushing my merch now. Like, hold right. on, you having me pull and tap into too many parts of me at one time. Exactly. I got to exactly. come off this high from this stage, you know? Right. So and yeah. I've, and, I've seen, uh, and I've seen that exact conflict completely drained poets um like I, I've been there and I, I've witnessed other poets who I've featured alongside of in my city they would be vending I would not be vending um and I would see you know them vending performing going all out getting off stage and sitting down like yeah now they're all gonna want to buy my merch maybe right you know they would all mm-hmm. buy their merch and problem is you know they would do that and they would just be completely emotionally mentally and spiritually drained but financially stable right yeah (laughs) but the other the other thing I've seen the other layer to that is that when our poets get off the stage putting in all of this work and then they're over at their table vending to a fan this is also a you know this is a business exchange too but this is a meet and greet for me but you burnt out you're just like medium right. or large. Right. <laughs> I they can't get a hug a or dialogue <laughs> with you. They want to they ask you questions about your entire life exactly. story. Like, man, I just performed. Yeah. Five times. <laughs> yeah. I just, so I you're. I did a whole twenty minute set. Please buy the hoodie. Leave me alone. Right. You're <laughs> right. So I can't say that because you know they're fan. They're a customer. Exactly. Uh, so bottom line, y'all pay our black poets Please. time is you know uh, expensive <laughs> pay our black poets and speaking of time yeah speaking of time we're down to our last 10 minutes and so i gotta get in a couple of pieces from you the audience has to hear you because otherwise we don't chastise them it ain't fair and um <laughs> So we're going to get into that. But before I let you take off and do your thing, I want to say thank you. It has been a joy. I, I, again, like I am excited to watch you, you know, bloom and then bloom again and then bloom again because it's a takeoff. Okay. It's a firecracker more than it's a flower. <laughs> yes. I love that. Thank yes. you. So See, I'm you so got excited. And stuff. Okay. <laughs> so I'm excited for your career I'm excited for you I think you're phenomenal I love the energy the vibe and so if you are ready the stage is yours quiet kids y'all if I grazed you with this fine pen tip of mine you'd finally be able to feel me feeling you if a poem was all it took for me to catch your eye We'd have a staring contest whenever I see you. Instead of those awkward glances we always give, we quickly pull away as if any form of contact is sinful. I see you wearing a thick coating of cool to conceal the fact that you're just as shy as I am. One strong two-second glance is you enough to make me forget how similar we actually are. Today, though, I see you wondering wandering around with your heart barricaded behind brick walls of golden skin with your head on cloud nine with your thoughts and feelings 
fixated on the fact that you're fabulous enough for the entire world to stare, yet nobody ever sees how shy you are in the root of your spirit. In fact, some introverts are only introverts because they're ignored by ignorant people. We tend to gravitate for a lot of ones in the room. Introverts tend to run introverts and wonder why they're always alone. But I see you like a wolf see this pack, but it's perceived from you that I see you like a snack. Once we rid ourselves of, of, of lust being the driving force for male and female binds, you probably see me too. And for now, you just read me like an intrigued watcher on my story before getting to a certain point. I think the poem is probably about you, pretty girl. I'm happy to know that my eyes fulfill you enough physically, but I'd much rather you feel yourself enough to feel me feeling you too. If the poem was all it ever took, then it would still leave you longing for more. My eyes wouldn't be enough then. Only a fraction of what you need and at that point, just reciprocate. The poem was all it ever took. You wouldn't wonder why I said it myself. You just invite yourself to my table. The poem will never be it though. Because if it were, then I wouldn't ever have to write it. Mm. First poem. Yes. Right. So, we got one more? Mm-hmm. We got one more. Let's... Okay. <sighs> Let us see. So if I didn't already express this, you know, I was born in Cleveland uh, and in my city, it'd be a heat wave today and a a blizzard today. And, and, And in my city, the bugs will pull down your socks to bite your ankles. And in my city, um, I see boyfriends putting pistols to their partner's pussy and then asking who it belongs to because nowadays relationships are really robberies and most of these niggas need therapy. Mm-hmm. And if you do leave, you might get tossed out the car on the freeway. I mean, I mean, beaten halfway to death and then left under a bridge. I mean, rapes until a demon literally leaks out of his semen. See, I was born in Cleveland where the cops don't kill, they crucify. Like, mm. you know, we all on the cross. If they don't murder you, they'll just beat you until you do see God and that's mercy. Where if the cops aren't sugar happy, then they're still bloodthirsty. Heartless felons see prisons like home and streets are like sanctuaries or corners are like churches. So old heads are like ghetto popes, teaching young ones to dip each bullet in Jesus' blood and then shoot with the passion of Christ until the God pours out of them. And young gunners say, I'm gonna get you touched. Meaning, I'm gonna get a bullet to beat against your brain cells and have episodes of incest on your insides and organs. Mm. Black boy Joy is waking up tomorrow knowing the target on your chest they ain't been caved into yet, but that price still hovers over your head like a hood halo. Mm. Needles are made to bully the black skin and damage the mind. Turn a gold mine of a gold mine into a ditch, put a noose on those holes and put your body in the black it's called out a sunken place mm. i'm from cleveland you know where positive isn't permanent and parents groom their sons to grow up being fuck boys so they focus more on getting ahead than getting ahead groom them to always mm. sink until they can grow up one day to become a statistic also called a sunken place mm. you know so i'm from cleveland but 
that shit happens everywhere though. Second home. Jeez. Did I tell y'all nothing quiet about <laughs> the pen? But we're gonna put some respect on his name. Quiet kid. The Deeper Than Roots podcast. I thank you. Yes, absolutely. Totally. Shucky so ducky. Much. All the good stuff. Yes. Go ahead and let the people know where they can find you before we get out of here. What are your handles? Okay, so um, I'm only on Instagram at quietkid underscore 20. Quietkid underscore 20. Do not spell quiet. It's not quiet. It's quiet. Kid. <laughs> People always type in quite. I don't know why. But um, you can find me there and I'll follow you back as soon as I see it. And I will see it because I'm Batman. I mean, I'm quiet kid. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Y'all yeah. heard him. <laughs> quiet kid underscore 20 on Instagram. Get into his vibes. I'm definitely going to cop me a hoodie. I will definitely be posting the hoodie. Get you a personalized hoodie. I am going through my memory of all the poems I've read of his and listened to. I might have to get two, y'all. He's young, black, talented, and in college. Let's support him. Please and thank you. I appreciate you so much. I you make my spirit happy. Thank you. Thank you so much. If you're looking for the podcast at the Deeper Than Roots podcast on Instagram, if you are wanting to be interviewed on the podcast, if you are wanting to share your art on the podcast, if you have something that you are selling and you want it to be promoted on the podcast, Deeper Than Roots podcast at gmail.com is how you find me, how you set up business opportunities, and how we connect. Okay? Have a wonderful week. Ashe.